You're listening to the Greek's Gridiron, live with Ethan Haristadoulou. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome back to the Greek's Gridiron. I am Ethan Haristadoulou, and today we dive into week seven picks for the NFL. I'm currently sitting at a record of 56 and 37 right now, coming off a 10 and 5 weekend. Remember, we're just picking winners, and I'll share some score predictions on top of that. But we got 13 games to discuss. We have the Bengals, Cowboys, Titans, Jets, Panthers, and Texans on a bye week. So make sure you comment down below your picks, your thoughts on my picks, maybe some of the bets that you guys have set up for this weekend. I always love reading in on those. And Let's dive right in. Beginning with that first Thursday night football matchup here, we have ourselves the Jacksonville Jaguars heading into New Orleans to take on the Saints. The Jaguars come in at 4-2 and two with the Saints at 3-3, three and three. and there was a lot of conversation surrounding Trevor Lawrence this week and the injury to his knee. He was limited in practice both Tuesday and Wednesday, but from his own mouth, it sounds like there is optimism that he's going to play and that his knee has been progressing well, so I am discussing this game with the idea that Trevor Lawrence does wind up playing the game and you have to wonder if he does will he be hobbled at all dealing with some pain I don't necessarily know we don't necessarily know how severe the knee is but it sounds like it's not that bad that he's willing to play through it Saints offense when you look at them though not been great this season they've been very up and down they've had a couple of good games here or there but they've also had some not so great games and some downright disappointing performances especially with just how much talent you have on this offense here when you compare the two teams you have the Jacksonville Jaguars who are in top 10 in terms of scoring per game nearly at 24 points a game and then you have the Saints who are sitting in the bottom 10 at 24th with 18.2 points per game as their average so you have two teams in very different places offensively but then also two teams in very different places defensively whereas when you look at the Saints they're pretty much a top 10 defense at this point in the season regardless of who they played that's where the numbers put them but then you look at the Jacksonville Jaguars where they're one of the top run defenses in the NFL but they're also one of the worst passing defenses in the NFL so like they're hot on one side but cold on the other when it comes to defending the football here however There is something that stands out to me that I think helps me lean a little bit towards Jacksonville, and that is their ability to force turnovers. They are currently sitting at a league-leading 15 forced turnovers this season, and the New Orleans Saints are kind of middle of the road when it comes to turnover differential here, and I think that could be something that ultimately allows the Jacksonville Jaguars to maybe pull off an upset victory as a road dog in this game here. I like Jacksonville. I definitely think this is going to be a tighter contest where it's going to come down to whose defense has the better performance here. But I trust Jacksonville a little bit more offensively than I do the Saints right now because, again, on paper, I like the Saints team. I think they're really good, but they do not perform to what their talent has. And that's something that bothers me about New Orleans. So I think I'm airing with Jacksonville on this one. I have them winning 23 to 20. I don't think it's going to be a massive win by any means. I, this is definitely going to be one of those tighter contests here. This one should be a good game to watch for Thursday night football, but give me the Jacksonville Jaguars. Moving into our next game, the early window of Sunday. No London games this weekend, so we're just looking at 1 p.m. start times on East Coast, and then what is it, the 10 a.m. that you guys get over there on the West Coast. I'm very jealous of that. I feel like I've said that before, but love that 10 a.m. start time. Wish I lived on the West Coast just for that alone. But this next game that I'm talking here is the Las Vegas Raiders and the Chicago Bears, and I'm going to be honest with you, this is a crapshoot game for me to pick because there are so many injuries from both sides, especially involving the quarterback position for both of these teams that I I, I shoot myself in the foot with how early I do my picks in the week anyways, but it, it does not help when you're dealing with a quarterback for both teams 
probably going to miss the game or potentially going to miss the game. It sounds like Justin Fields might not be able to play this week, whereas Jimmy Garoppolo is like, it maybe, but at best, maybe. So I don't really know. And then that's not even the end of the injury reports. Like when you look at both teams, Jimmy Garoppolo, of course, with the Raiders, as I mentioned, but also Max Crosby, Nate Hobbs, and Devontae Adams are all listed as questionable. And then on the Bears side, you got Eddie Jackson, Darnell Wright, Yannick Ngakwe, Rashawn Johnson, Nate Davis is already confirmed to be out for this week. There is a lot to be concerned about injury-wise for both of these teams. And when you try to match them up offensively, neither of them have really been juggernauts by any means. And defensively, they both have something that they're better at than the other, where you have the Raiders that are better against the pass when it, or when you look at the Bears and they're better at stopping the run. But this really is like a crapshoot pick for me, and I just don't really know how to come up with like a... a, a to spin some sort of narrative, if you will, into a direction that I want to go with for this game. Cause that really is picks at the end of the day. How can you form a narrative that makes you feel good about the pick that you're going with here? And for me, I just, I don't really know. I, I am going with the Raiders in this game just because I think I believe in them a little bit more than the Bears at this point in the season. Bears being 1-5, in five, the Raiders have been able to muster up some wins, even some unlikely ones, I would say, sitting at 3-3. Three and three. So I think Raiders organizationally and in a position right now where they can at least be somewhat competitive in their division, whereas the Bears kind of just seem like they're stumbling through the, the first, what, quarter or so, third of the season, and I don't really think it's going to get much better for them, minus Justin Fields. So I think I go with the Raiders on this one here. Score prediction, I honestly don't have one written down because I really don't know what the final score of this game could be. But if I had to guess, I would say something along the lines of like maybe the Raiders 20 let's say Raiders 20 Bears 17 something like that not really sure complete guess on that one Next game we're looking at, we have ourselves the Cleveland Browns taking on the Indianapolis Colts. As it was announced earlier this week that Anthony Richardson will be getting surgery on that injured shoulder and he is done for the season. That kind of spoils some things for Indianapolis this year. And on top of that, Grover Stewart was just suspended for six games due to a PED violation. And that does not help a run defense that's already ranked 19th in the NFL. On top of that, and I talked about this a little bit at length yesterday. If you did not check this out, Colts fans, highly recommend you do so. I kind of talked about the state of the Colts and just where they are right now with their season. It's kind of a topical video that I'll be starting to work on going through this portion of the season as some teams start to fall out of the playoff race or just kind of hit that point where things might be a little bit lost and while the Colts are 3-3, three and three, losing Anthony Richardson and now a big piece in your defense like Grover Stewart... <clears throat> I almost feel like it might not be a bad idea to start looking towards the future, allowing some of the younger guys to get more reps, and just start looking towards the 2024 season. Maybe that's jumping the gun a little bit early, and again, I understand the Colts are 3-3, three and three, but with Gardner Minshew at the helm, I don't really know how much I believe in this offense, and with the defense already having some struggles as it is, losing Grover Stewart is not going to help. You're going up against Cleveland, who isn't necessarily that great at passing the football, but they are a strong rushing attack, and they boast what is currently on like a historically, historically paced defense right now that I don't quite know if this Colts offense is going to be able to handle. Whether Deshaun Watson plays or not will determine, I think, how bad this game goes for Indianapolis. I'm hoping that Deshaun Watson is playing this week. I really think at this point he should be able to go, but... That also, I guess, remains to be seen, and we'll find out come Sunday. But I am taking the Browns on this one. I have the Browns winning. This is going to be a low-scoring affair, I would assume. But something along the lines of, like, Browns 21, 
Colts 17, something along those lines, give or take. But I do like the Browns in this matchup. Next, we have ourselves the Buffalo Bills heading into Gillette to take on the Patriots. The Bills sitting at 4-2, and two, taking on a Patriots team that is 1-5 and five and in complete disarray right now. If you live in the New England area, you know what I'm talking about. The conversation surrounding the Patriots right now is absolutely bananas. There is so much fire bill. We should have never moved on from Tom Brady. Get rid of Mac Jones going on here. Bill O'Brien wasn't the answer. It is an absolute fire show over here in the New England area. And I really don't know how I could pick the Patriots to win this game. Like all statistics and everything aside, I don't like don't even really need to dive into this one here. And I usually shoot myself in the foot when I say stuff like that, but this is one where the Patriots have been so bad against some of the better teams in the NFL and their offense is just so poor at moving the football. It took them I believe it was like, what, 10 quarters to finally score, 10, 11 quarters to finally score a touchdown between week three and where they are right now. I just don't really see any shot that New England has of winning this game, even with it being at Gillette Stadium. I think Buffalo comes in, and I've got a good feeling that they roll the Patriots in this one here. 33-17, to 17, I have the Bills. Best of luck to the Patriots in this one here, but... I don't know how anyone could seriously go into this game and confidently pick Patriots. I I would love to know what it is you're sipping on because it's probably some good stuff. Next game we're looking at here is the Washington Commanders and the New York Giants. Some NFC East rivalries. We have two of the worst, or actually the two worst, pass-protecting offensive lines in the NFL going head-to-head to find out who can be worse for 60 minutes. Both teams' offensive lines combined for a whopping 67 sacks. Washington has one more than the New York Giants do this season, which boggles my mind considering the Monday Night Football game the Giants had against the Seattle Seahawks just a couple of weeks ago here. The possibility of Daniel Jones playing this week is there for the Giants as well, so that is something to look forward to here. But when you look at the Giants offensively, whether whether they had Daniel Jones or not, they have just not been great at getting the football in the end zone. They are averaging just under 12 points a game, which is crazy to even say out loud. And then both teams' defenses allowing Washington 29 a game, the Giants 28 a game. I mean... This could be a recipe for seeing some more points than some people might expect in this game here, but I I just I don't believe in the Giants offense. I really do not. The offensive line is just not great, and I know they had a fantastic showing against the Bills this week. That was an unbelievable contest that literally came down to the one-yard line, and I can't believe—and defensively, I should say, fantastic showing for the Giants. Defensively. Offensively, not so much, but defensively. I don't know if that was the Bills just kind of looking past them, or maybe the Giants did figure something out defensively. But for me, I don't know how I could go with the Giants in the current state that they're in offensively. This is another one of those teams where it is just not good, and it has not been good for the majority of this season, minus the Cardinals game. There has not been a lot to like about watching this offense over there. Whereas when you at least look at the Commanders, they've had some games where when Sam Howell's playing well, they're a competitive team. I mean, they absolutely took it to the Philadelphia Eagles a few weeks ago, all the way into overtime, and were, you know, this close to pulling off a big upset victory. So I think I'm going to go with the Commanders in this 
this game here. I just have a really hard time leaning towards the Giants. I have the Commanders winning 24 to 16. A little bit more impressed with what Washington has done offensively. And again, I mean, it really is a battle of who, whose offensive line could be possibly worse in this game here. And I ultimately think that the Giants wind up losing that battle. Next, we dive into the Atlanta Falcons taking on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We have ourselves an NFC South rivalry matchup here. We have two teams that offensively haven't necessarily lit the world on fire. I mean, both of them are averaging fairly low points per game totals here. Atlanta at 16.5 and, and Tampa Bay at 18. So there's not necessarily a lot to like about them, but they both have some pretty solid defenses. The Falcons coming in as one of only eight teams with 10-plus turnovers on offense, though, is something that concerns me because when you look at the Buccaneers, they are one of only nine teams that have forced 10-plus turnovers this season. I, I hate Atlanta right now because they are a team that boasts such a strong defense, but watching their offense just throw opportunities away that their defense gives them to potentially come back and win, win games, and last week was like a prime example of it is just maddening to watch and it makes it so hard for me to buy into the Falcons anymore because if the Falcons had a slightly more consistent offense we'd be looking at a really strong Atlanta Falcons defense paired with an offense that's just taking care of the football but they're not really doing that right now and it, with the Buccaneers also being a team that is really good at stopping the run. They're seventh in the NFL right now in average yards per game allowed at only 83. The run game is pretty much the bread and butter of the Atlanta Falcons right now. It's definitely not their passing attack, even though they did maybe find some slight success here or there last week. It was against a commander's defense that has been a little bit shaky at times. I trust Baker Mayfield more than I do Desmond Ritter. And when you're picking... When you look at both defenses, like I said, both pretty good teams. Buccaneers are kind of coming off a tough loss to the Lions, so I think, you know, sour taste in their mouth. They want, might want to bounce back, and this is a good bounce-back matchup for them against the Falcons. I trust Baker Mayfield more than I do Desmond Ritter. I'm going to take the Buccaneers. I have them winning 21-14. to uh, It just... No, I just can't go with Atlanta anymore. I keep picking them, and they keep just burning me every single time. So I'm going against Atlanta this week. Give me the Buccaneers. Next up, we have, this is a really fun matchup too here, and an AFC versus NFC clash here. The Detroit Lions taking on the Baltimore Ravens. This one's in Baltimore. This is going to be a big test for the Lions to silence some of their skeptics here. As I've heard a lot of people bring up, you know, who have the Lions played and yada, yada, yada. They, you know, they beat the injured Chiefs, and, and even I kind of subscribe to that a little bit. It was not the Chiefs at the strength that they probably needed to be to be able to win that game, but... A win is a win, and the Lions are 5-1, and one, and I currently have them ranked as the number one team in the NFL right now. Both of these teams come in with very effective defenses. They're excellent at stopping teams from scoring. Both of them are allowing under 20 points a game right now. On top of that, they both can shut down the run if need be. The Ravens have been really good when it comes to defending the pass, and that's kind of been a slight weak point for the Detroit Lions. But when you consider that they were hanging out at around 32nd last year in terms of pass defense, and they're now right about middle of the pack, I would say jumping up about half, jumping half the teams in the league is a pretty good sign of progress for a defense here both teams are in the top 10 percent of defensive drives ending in an offensive touchdown with only about 30 percent of offensive drives being and or excuse me ending up in a touchdown for their opponents so again it really goes back to just both of these teams boasting some really good defenses on top of that 
They're both battle-tested. They both have been dealing with litanies of injuries to starters, and I feel like neither of these two teams have come into a single game with like a fully healthy roster, so you have to give credit to both of these units. However, there is something that decides this game for me here, and it has to be the offensive consistency that we've seen from the Detroit Lions. The Ravens obviously still continuing to work through this new offensive scheme that they have here, new OC. It has been hit or miss depending on the week to this point. We're about six weeks six weeks into the season, and I don't really know if we've come to the conclusion as to where this Ravens offense lies because they have some really good performances, and then they have games like last week where, yeah, you get Zay Flowers for his first touchdown, but then you're relying on Justin Tucker to basically do the weightlifting for your team and scoring all your points. But when you look at the Lions and what they've been able to do offensively, 28 points a game puts them at fourth best in the NFL right now. And I have a feeling that with just how dynamic this offense has been, and they are able to get you in so many different ways with so many different players in their skill position groups, I think I like the Lions on this one here. It's going to be tight. And I'm pretty sure that the Ravens are home favorites in this game here. And I believe you obviously get those three points for being a home dog, but Lions, I like them. I really think they can get the job done here. And if we see the Ravens offense that we saw last week and not some of the other games, like I think back to when they faced like the Cincinnati Bengals a few weeks ago, that Ravens offense could give this Detroit Lions team some problems. However, the inconsistency scares me, and so I'm going to go with Detroit. I think they get a good victory here. This is a tight one. I have the Lions winning 23-21. to I don't think it winds up being a highly scoring type of affair because, again, I really like both defenses on these teams here, even despite some of the injuries that both sides have dealt with to this point here. They've showed that they have some really good depth and guys are willing to step up, and they do a good job at it as well. So give me the Lions 23-21, tight contest. This will be a really good game to watch, one of the more exciting ones in my opinion. Moving into the late window now, though, we have ourselves the Pittsburgh Steelers taking on the L.A. Rams. This is an interesting matchup here, and honestly, the biggest thing that stands out to me in this matchup here, and one that I really think winds up being the deciding factor, is going to be, can this Rams offensive line hold up against the pass rush of the Pittsburgh Steelers? When you look at the Rams O-line, 16 sacks allowed this season puts them in the upper echelon of the NFL in sacks allowed. Whereas when you look at the Steelers, they are a top 10 defense in pressure, pressuring the quarterbacks on 26.1% of their dropbacks. If Sean McVay can draw up a very quick passing scheme for this game, they need to get the football into Matthew Stafford's hand and get it out as quickly as possible to either Puka Nakua, Cooper Cup, whoever it may be. Maybe even try running the football here because, for what it's worth, the Pittsburgh Steelers have not been too great at stopping the run. They're allowing 143 yards a game. And the Rams' defense, while not necessarily by any means the most impressive, have been solid. They've been solid. They've had some good showings, especially defending the pass. They're closer to the top half than they are the bottom half of the NFL right now. And I think that if you can just get the ball out of Stafford quickly, you can eliminate the fierce pass rush that Pittsburgh seems to have that is like a game wrecker right now. And despite their offense being able to only score just under 16 points a game, they found themselves at 3-2 and two right now. I think the Rams can get it done. I don't really trust what they're doing offensively in Pittsburgh right now. And I, I don't really know what the situation is over there because the lone touchdown that the Steelers got against the Ravens 
wasn't even something that Matt Canada called. It was something that Kenny Pickett checked to at the line of scrimmage. And I saw the replays. I've seen the conversation about it. Matt Canada, for what it's worth, did not look too thrilled about that. It feels like there might be animosity there. I don't know. I'm hearing the crowd chants in Pittsburgh, fire Matt Canada. I don't know what's going on with all that. But with all that drama, the Steelers are still 3-2. and two. So I think it's a good close contest. I have the Rams winning 20-17. to 17. Uh, but I just can't buy into the Pittsburgh Steelers right now with their offense looking as poor as it has. Now we dive into an NFC West matchup, and we are looking at the Arizona Cardinals taking on the Seattle Seahawks. Cardinals sitting at 1-5, 0-3 in their road games, going up against the Seattle Seahawks, who are 3-2, 1-1 at home currently. This is a big bounce-back game for the Seattle Seahawks and a must-win type of game for them if they want to stay competitive in what has kind of turned into a more competitive NFC West than I think some people were expecting between the Rams being 3-3 three and three right now, Seahawks are still sitting at 3-2 and two with a winning record, 49ers just lost a game to the Browns and clearly are a more human team than we all realized minus every single one of their playmakers being available for them. So there is a shot that... Some of the ground can be gained against the 49ers right now, especially with so many questionables up in the air as far as their playmakers go over there in San Francisco. So this is a big game for Seattle, and I have a feeling they come in and they get the job done here. They're eighth in scoring, and on top of that, they're averaging just about 21 points allowed on defense. Arizona Cardinals, I think, kind of got a crash back down to earth type of feel against the Rams last week with just how poor the offense looked. And now that you don't have James Conner as well, I think this offense is going to really start to struggle. I like the Seattle Seahawks in this game here, and I think they're a pretty solid favorite in that. I have them winning 26-19. to 19. I could see the Cardinals maybe scraping together a few field goals here and there, maybe finding the end zone once. But I think the Seahawks have a really good shot at running away with this game. Cardinals don't really do too much defensively. That impresses me. And on top of that, they're allowing 27 points a game. So give me the Seahawks. I think they have a pretty comfortable victory in this game here. Now we look at the Green Bay Packers and the Denver Broncos. The Broncos, what can you say about them that hasn't already been said? The trade rumors have begun to swirl. I saw a lot of conversation earlier this week regarding Jerry Judy and him potentially being moved and the Broncos being willing to listen to trade offers. I saw people throwing Patrick Sertan's name around, and I think that's absolutely insane. If there's one player out of anyone on that roster that should be untouchable, it is Pat Sertan. Nobody else has what he has at his age right now and the longevity for his career. So he should be untouchable. So whoever is throwing his name around, no. That's the one person that Denver needs to keep. I don't care how much capital you could potentially get from him. Hopefully that's not something that they're rolling around in their heads as an idea. Packers come into this game. And their biggest issue right now is just kind of injuries. I mean, the offense, yes, being young and inexperienced has led to some issues, but that's not something that the Denver Broncos are doing any better at themselves right now. And they have a far more veteran presence than I would say the Green Bay Packers do on offense. But the Packers, Eric Stokes is already listed as being out. Devondre Campbell, Quay Walker, Elton Jenkins, Aaron Jones, Devontae Wyatt, and Darnell Savage are all listed as questionable. And on top of that, as I mentioned, with the youth and inexperience and struggles of the Packers offense, in the last three weeks, they're only averaging 17 points a game right now. That's very concerning. Very concerning. Thankfully, Denver does let everyone score, and then some. They are allowing the league-high 33.3 points a game right now. I do think that Denver is on the fast track to a top 
probably three pick, to be honest with you, just with the way things are going and with the way trade conversation is already starting to leak out. Like we're pretty, I mean, trade deadlines coming up very quickly, but I feel like trade conversation has been swirling for the last couple of weeks in Denver, and it's already starting to really start to pick up now. And we haven't even gotten through week seven yet. So with the situation that they're in in Denver and coupled with a defense that is pretty solid against defending the pass and it's not like the Broncos are going to run wild on you. I think I'm going to take the Packers in this game here. I don't think it's going to be a pretty game. I could see this one being a little bit uglier, but I do think the Packers get it done 24 to 20, give them the victory. And now we look at, and this is a fun one here, the LA Chargers taking on the Kansas City Chiefs. The Chargers are coming off of a tough loss to the Dallas Cowboys on Monday Night Football, whereas the Kansas City Chiefs are coming off a Thursday Night Football win, so they got some extra time to rest and recover for this game. But a game that they let the Denver Broncos probably hang around a little bit more than some people would have liked them see, like, see them do, considering just how good of a team they are and what their record has them at right now at 5-1. and one. I will say that the injuries seem to have caught up with the Chargers a little bit here, and it is something that I'm concerned about. You're coupling that with the league's worst pass defense, allowing nearly 290 yards per game through the air. I want to be able to say that the Chargers could come in and maybe pull off an upset victory in Kansas City because you have Justin Herbert, and you do still have some guys on offense that you can rely on. Austin Eckler, of course, is back, even though he was clearly looking a bit rusty last week. On top of that, you have Keenan Allen, who feels like he's the only super reliable guy that you have as far as a receiver goes, in the wide receiver room, that is. I haven't seen Quentin Johnson Johnson really step up and you know make the plays needed from him now that Mike Williams is out. I, I just have a hard time buying the Chargers over the Chiefs in this matchup here. I think one of the biggest things to look at is just, again the amount of passing yards per game that this Chargers team is allowing that should help out a Chiefs team that, for what it's worth, offense has not really blown anyone away as far as points per game. They're sitting at ninth, 24 and a half, which isn't bad by any means. Not going to sit here and act like it's bad, but it's not quite what I think people expect from a Kansas City Chiefs team. I think they expect top five scoring every single year with Patrick Mahomes, but it's clear they've taken a little bit of a step back with the wide receiver room being the way it is. They are still second in passing yards a game, though, so I do think they have a real opportunity to take advantage of a secondary in LA that has really struggled this year. And on top of that, the Chiefs defense has been really good. They're second in the NFL in points per game allowed. They're allowing under 15 points a game, barely two touchdowns a game right now. And that was something not a lot of people saw coming, but it was something that I at least thought could be possible. I had them ranked as the best defense in their division. And so I'm happy to see them be able to progress the way they have this year and be so strong defensively especially with the offense clearly dealing with some more hiccups than I think the Chiefs would like at this point in the season. But I like the Kansas City Chiefs. I think they get it done at home. I just have a really hard time subscribing to the fact that the Chargers, who are coming off of a really tough Monday night loss to the Dallas Cowboys at home, are going to be able to go into Kansas City now and get the job done against the Chiefs, who are rolling, basically. They haven't lost since their season opener to the Detroit Lions. So, Give me the Chiefs. I have them winning. I do think that the Chargers could maybe hang around. I have the Chiefs winning only 23-21, to 21, but I just think that that 23-21 to 21 will be the Chargers scoring late, but too little too late, and they still didn't have enough time to finish things off.
And now we look at Sunday night football. This is a game that took me quite a bit to really dive through the weeds and come up with a winner for because there's a lot to look at in this game. You have Miami, who is on this unbelievable record pace offensively right now, going up against a Philadelphia Eagles team that is coming off of a dramatic loss to the New York Jets last week where their offense looked very, very pedestrian when they weren't able to run the football. It's clear that the Eagles want to throw the football more effectively right now, and there's going to be some growing pains with that. And there are some injuries that have me concerned with Philadelphia coming into this game here that really puts things in jeopardy for them. On the defensive side, you're looking at Jalen Carter, Darius Slay, Reed Blankenship, all dealing with stuff. They're questionable right now. And then offensively, we have Lane Johnson, Devontae Smith, and Dallas Goddard. I don't know who of those guys are going to wind up missing this game here, but even hypothetically speaking, if you're missing like two or three of those six guys, that's going to hurt your team. Whether it's on offense, whether it's on defense, it's going to hurt, especially Lane Johnson or Devontae Smith. Those are two very key pieces to what this team in Philadelphia does offensively. And that being said, when you look at the Dolphins, I mean, they've been able to score against pretty much anyone. Even in their game that they lost to the Buffalo Bills, they at least still put up 20 points in that game, and it was not a great game. They got completely dog-walked, but they were still able to put up 20 in what was their lone defeat, which is not a bad number to get up in a loss. Dolphins right now, averaging two and a half rushing touchdowns a game, is going to be a tall test for what could be a somewhat injured defense in Philadelphia they are though allowing half a rushing touchdown a game in Philly so it'll be an interesting matchup to watch but it's a tall task Philadelphia loves their running back room and they love Mike McDaniel's run scheme that he has going on over there and it just opens things up so this will be a really interesting matchup to watch how do they fare against Miami's rushing attack but I do think what really decides this game is going to be who wins on third down injuries and third down. Those are the two things that I'm really looking at in this matchup here. Dolphins convert 44.1% of the time. They're tagged at seventh in the NFL in terms of third down conversion percentage. Eagles are sitting at 50.6. So it's a 50-50 shot that the Eagles are converting on third down. And I know a lot of that has to do with the tush push. They are the best third down team in the NFL right now. Both teams allow offenses to convert roughly 41% of the time. So it's going to come down to which one of these defenses can put the clamps on third down and shut things down for their opposing offenses. But those injuries really have me concerned in Philadelphia. And we saw what some of those injuries did to the offense of the Eagles last week. So with that, I went back and forth on this one a lot. But I think I'm going to go with the Miami Dolphins for the victory in this one here. I have them winning 30-27, to 27, so give them the victory. But it's not one I'm super confident on. I feel like this game could go either way, but I'll take the Dolphins in this one with their high-powered offense and an Eagles team that might be dealing with more injuries than they'd like in this matchup. And then finally, we're looking at Monday Night Football. We have the San Francisco 49ers taking on the Minnesota Vikings here. This will be a really interesting game to keep an eye on as we lead up towards it. Thankfully, it being on Monday works out really well for the San Francisco 49ers because this offense got put in park last week once they lost Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuel, and Trent Williams left the game, came back with an ankle injury, and now it sounds like it's something that he's willing to play through. But Debo Samuel, Christian McCaffrey, and Trent Williams are all currently listed as questionable. Not serious injuries, but enough to, you know, put their status up in the air. And 
even missing just one of those three guys is a tough blow for this offense, but one that I think they could at least withstand. But if they're missing all three of them in this game, that would be a concern because we saw what this offense looked like minus those guys last week. Thankfully, they're going up against a 2-4, and four, not a single win at home this season, Minnesota Vikings team that can't seem to get out of their own way when it comes to turning the football over. This offense with Minnesota, minus Justin Jefferson, has looked very lethargic, and I don't really think I can buy into them too much right now, minus Justin Jefferson. Never mind the turnover differential. I mean, you have two teams on complete opposite ends of the spectrum. San Francisco 49ers are sitting at a plus eight turnover differential. They are the best in the NFL in that. And then you look at the Vikings, they're minus seven at the 29th. Somehow there's a team with worse turnover differential than the Vikings. And I honestly can't believe that because I feel like nobody turns the football over more than the Vikings do. So it must give credit to some of their, to their defense and maybe their defense's ability to make some turnovers because I would have thought that at this point they'd be sitting at 32nd. That being said, I am slightly worried about the health of the 49ers offense, but I do not think this Vikings offense stands much of a chance against a 49ers defense that will eat you alive. And even if, let's say, they're missing Debo Samuel or maybe they're missing Christian McCaffrey, I think Trent Williams is going to play, but that's something to definitely keep an eye on because it's ankle things are always a weird one. I do think that the 49ers can still get the job done. If we're talking missing all three of them, it's a bit scary, but even then, it feels like the Vikings just are trying to give games away with the way they turn the football over, and I just I can't pick them over San Francisco right now, even if it is in Minnesota. They haven't even won a game in Minnesota yet this season. 49ers are 2-1 and one on the road, so I mean, it's not like they're you know struggling to beat teams on the road. It just really comes down to how healthy is this offense, and I think that playing on Monday really helps out the 49ers, so I think that they can get the job done and pull off a big victory. But those are my picks for week number seven of the NFL. Again, make sure you comment down below. Thoughts on my picks? What are your picks? What are some of the bets you're placing this weekend? I would love to discuss with you all in the comment section down below. But that is it for me. I appreciate it if you made it to the end of the video. I will see you all next time. Have a good one.